Welcome to the Holistic Accountant Podcast. I'm Stuart Weems. And I'm Mina Abraham. The aim of this podcast is to demonstrate to you how valuable tax and business advice is when we adopt a holistic approach. That is, all tax and business advice that your holistic accountant gives you must be aimed at helping you achieve your business and lifestyle goals. Uh, Saving tax is part of that, of course. But holistically, it's really about achieving your goals. In this episode, we'd like to talk about how you structure your business uh, makes a, has a big impact on whether you achieve your goals and some of the common mistakes that we uh, see and, and how to avoid them. Uh, why don't I kick off and talk about why business structure is so important. Uh, tax, uh, income tax expense, is typically our largest lifetime expense. Uh, it used to be potentially mortgage, mortgage interest rates, uh, depending on how much you borrowed you know, to buy your home and so forth. But particularly in today's uh, time when rates are so low, tax is easily our biggest lifetime expense. So therefore, it makes good sense to try and minimize it as much as as possible. And the business structure that you utilize will um, either help or hinder you in terms of helping you reduce your tax. Uh, also, uh, whether how we structure our business will inform us of how tax effectively we can invest monies. So starting a business is great, but obviously what we want to do is build our personal wealth um, in, a, in a way that's going to be protected uh, from creditors and so forth, but also in a way that's tax effective. Uh, also, uh, asset protection is a big consideration. So the way we structure our business will will inform us uh, how protected we are, our personal assets are from our business risks. And of course, different businesses have different risks and we need to uh, think clearly about that. Uh, our structure will uh, either allow us to take on partners, uh, particularly with a succession plan. What you want to do is have the flexibility potentially to incrementally sell part of your business over time. Uh, and then one day, if we're lucky enough to uh, sell our business for a big payday, you know, someone comes along and offers us uh, a large amount of money for it, uh, we want to uh, minimise the amount of capital gains tax we pay on the other side. Thanks, Stuart. Yeah, before we talk about business structures, I would like to just make an important clarification around uh, income. So there are two types of income. The first is business income uh, and the second is uh, personal services income. So business income is the most common type and is generally derived from products or services that don't necessarily require the personal expertise or exertion of the business owner. This type of income is, is probably the most flexible in minimising the tax associated with the profits as you can elect to distribute these profits or even retain it in a corporate structure. However, the second type of income, which is personal services income, is mainly due to the personal exertion or exper- expertise of the individual, for example, an IT consultant in a contract position. So with personal services income, the profits must end up in a person's name. So business structures such as companies or, stru- companies or trusts sorry, really don't help you minimise tax. So therefore, the first thing that your holistic accountant needs to understand is whether your income is going to be PSI or business income. And as Mina suggests, um, there's not necessarily a lot a business structure can do to help minimise the tax of PSI income, because as he said, PSI income has to end up 
uh, in the that person's name, that the, the person that that uh, contributed that personal exertion in order to generate that income. Uh, but of course, you might still use a, a structure uh, for risk minimization and those sorts of things. Another thing a holistic accountant should be talking to you about if your income is PSI is within the context of your business plan and your goals, is there anything you can do to start generating more business income? So it's possible for an entity to have a combination of business and PSI income um, and the the greater amount of business income you generate, the more flexibility you have. Now, that might not be possible depending on your goals and depending on the type of business that you want to do. It's not just about saving tax, of course, uh, but if there is an avenue to um, to increase the amount of business income, uh, your accountant can work with you uh, in order to do that. Uh, but of course, Mina, if you've got business income, there's a lot more structural um, opportunities available to us. Yeah, that's right, Stuart. Like I said before, business income gives us a lot of flexibility or avenues to save tax. Um, so there are two common solutions we use to deal with profits from business income. So the first is to use a discretionary trust with a corporate trustee. This allows us to spread or distribute income evenly across adults, including family members such as self-funded retirees. Um, In addition, you can distribute to a corporate beneficiary to cap the tax rate at 26%, which will, of course, reduce to 25% in the 2021-2022 financial year. The second option is to trade through a company, and the shares in that company are owned by the client's family trust. The upside is that a a company has better asset protection and you can sell part of the business as part of succession planning or or to realise some capital. There are some circumstances, Mina, where we would recommend against establishing entities or business structures and so forth. I guess there's probably two that jump to my mind. The first one is, you know, where a, a client clearly has PSI income and there's no no um, view or plan or strategy in place to change that. Um, there's no point in creating more complexity uh, because complexity typically equals more cost uh, and it's just completely unnecessary. So sometimes we will tell a client, no, just trade in your sole name. Um, there might be other sort of tax saving measures that you can um, adopt outside of business structuring. But um, so, so if it's a, a very simple PSI business, uh, sometimes sole trader, and there's not a lot of risk, sole trader is the best way to go. Um, the second uh, situation might be where you've got an untested business. And in that circumstance, we might say, look, let's, let's start small. Let's keep costs low. Let's test the business. Um, and then let's sort of regroup in six months' time or three months' time, whatever it might be, uh, and review it. And at that stage, we might then move uh, the, the, the trading business into a company or trust or so forth. Of course, we need to be careful about any capital gains tax that might be associated with that. But if we do it when the business is small and only just starting to make profit, essentially you don't want to go through all the cost and hassle and setting up structures uh, until you really know that they're going to provide some benefit in the long run. Yeah, so there are some other business uh, structure considerations apart from tax that we need to take into consideration. And that's the main one's uh, asset protection. So there's three categories of asset protection risks that you need to, to cover off on or your holistic accountant needs to assist you with. So the first is risks you can insure against. So that, for example, that could be professional indemnity, product liability, public liability, work cover, etc. 
Um, it's important to get a good business uh, business insurance broker to assist you with all these policies and make sure you're adequately insured. Your accountant will typically have someone that they can re- recommend for you. The second is risks that a business structure can't, it can protect you from. Example, uh, action from a creditor or a customer. And the third is risks that you can't protect yourself from. So this could be uh, if you're trading whilst insolvent um, or if you're or could be OH&S or superannuation liabilities or payroll tax liabilities. These are typically things that no structure or insurance will cover you for. A holistic accountant will make sure that you have the right insurance policies in place that will ensure your structure accommodates for all foreseeable risks. The second uh, non-tax related business structuring consideration is really um, succession planning. Uh, So one day you might like to take on a business partner uh, and that could be as part of a succession plan for you to gradually hand over your business uh, and and reduce your working hours but still have someone that has skin in the game that's going to look after your business. Or it could be an employee retention strategy. So again, uh, if you've got a a really great person in your business, another way to sort of retain them and reward them for their their efforts. The best types of structures... um, for this typically are a company or unit trust and the reason why is they're sort of fixed entitlement unitized uh, structures which either allows us to transfer shares or units to another party or issue uh, which is typically better issue new uh, and potentially different classes of shares and units that means that um, each person can have a different entitlement so maybe uh, you want to give them a lower entitlement to profit share or no voting rights because that's one of the considerations that people or fears that people have when taking on business partners will I lose control of my baby so there's ways that you can uh, sort of work around that but of course uh, it's important for your holistic accountant to help you discover whether that's going to be necessary down the track. That's right Stuart and if you want to sell the whole business then there are uh, there are other considerations sorry. A purchaser will typically want to buy the assets of the business not the entity that's because they don't want any legacy liabilities associated with that entity. So as such, the capital gain will end up in the business entity itself rather than the owner's personal tax return. So we need to make sure you can use this small business CGT concessions, which can potentially eliminate tax altogether. So if you do plan to sell, a holistic accountant can talk to you about all the things you can do to maximize your exit value, such as reducing key person influence or value. So that's all the good news, Mina. Let's talk about the bad news. And what I wanted to do is talk about some of the common mistakes that we see. Uh, and if you're listening to this and you think, oh, that could be me, uh, you know, it's a it's a good sort of, I guess, indicator that uh, that maybe your structure needs a little bit of a little bit of help, you know, a little bit of improvement. So the first common mistake we see, and and by far it's the most significant or I guess costly mistake, is having not having a profit distribution strategy. So it's great. We're in business. We're doing well. We put a lot of blood, sweat and tears into our business. We generate uh, profit. But then what are we going to do with that money? You know, how are we going to actually build our wealth? How are we going to achieve our um, financial goals in a way that's that's tax effective? And that's really, I think, an accountant's, one of the accountant's top priorities is to help you develop a profit distribution strategy. So some of the mistakes that we sometimes see is uh, profit retained in in trading entities, you know, because they don't want to take it out because they're potentially going to pay more tax on the profits. 
Um, but if you leave money in your trading entity, it's a asset protection risk, right? I mean, if I've got a million dollars in my uh, trading entity's bank account and I get sued, that's a you know that's a lot of money that uh, any creditors can, can get at. So there's ways of obviously moving profit out of trading entities into non-trading entities so they don't uh, have those risks uh, without necessarily uh, paying additional tax. Uh, the next one is just uh, when, when um, situation when business owners just take money out of the company or trust uh, without necessarily paying a salary or dividend or some sort of distribution like that. That gives rise to what they call Div 7A loans uh, and ultimately you end up sort of chasing your tail uh, and because you've got to pay interest on that loan and you've got to then pay tax on the interest income, uh, you end up paying a little bit more tax over the long run. And I think it's a, a, it's a good um, indicator that we don't really have a long-term strategy. Now, a Div 7A loan can be part of a long-term strategy, uh, but quite often it's not. It, quite often it's a, a symptom of not having a strategy. And the third common one is... Uh, when we have a, a really fantastic structure and we park profit in a in a corporate beneficiary, and look, that might not mean much to you, but essentially in a in a non trading company, uh, just to cap our tax rate, but we do nothing with the money. Uh, and in today's environment, where you get essentially zero interest in the uh, in a bank account, uh, that's obviously not going to help you achieve your. Uh, achieve your goals. Uh, Mina, the analogy I like to use, it's like having a supercar in the garage, uh, a, a Ferrari or Maserati and never driving it. You know, the whole point of having a good business structure is to make it work hard for you. You know, you, you want your business and your business structures to work hard for you, not the other way around. Uh, and so what's the point of going to the trouble of uh, structuring your business fantastically, but then missing the final step of coming up with a strategy or plan on how you're going to distribute profit in the future uh, and making sure that plan's flexible enough to accommodate changes in profit um, as well and, and cash flow which and strategy. I mean, you might decide to reinvest more money in your business over time. Um, so the absence of a strategy uh, typically um, entices us to make ad hoc decisions and they typically quite inefficient. Whereas if we um, have an eye on the playing the long game, we can then sort of balance out shorter, medium and longer term outcomes. Uh, Mina, tell us some more bad news. <laughs> so another common mistake we commonly see is where a unit trust is used uh, for the business, where the trustee is actually an individual and the uh, unit holder is also an individual. This provides no asset protection at all as a trustee can be held personally liable for the business liabilities. Also means you can't retain profits at the 25 or 26% tax rate and all profits will essentially end up in one individual's name. So it's not really a benef uh, beneficial structure. The final one, Mina, is there sometimes when a client has a bad structure, sometimes there's a way to fix it. Um, that that um, and sometimes you can fix it without crystallizing any additional tax liabilities. But the icing on the cake is if they have non-deductible debt. Sometimes it's a way you can convert non-deductible debt to being tax deductible. Now it depends on the circumstances. Uh, you obviously want to be in a situation where you're fixing a structure that's broken, not manipulating a, a an otherwise good structure. Uh, just to achieve a tax outcome, of course. And it is very complex. Uh, so you do need an experienced holistic accountant to look at it. 
But sometimes, um, you know, when we make mistakes in life, particularly financial mistakes, quite often to fix them, it costs money. Uh, well, having a, a broken business structure sometimes can be almost a godsend, Mina. Uh, and now I'm not sitting, sitting here suggesting people should make mistakes <laughs> on purpose, of course. Um, uh, but sometimes fixing a bad structure actually does end up helping the client quite substantially. So it's just something to keep in mind that, you know, if you've got a structure that's not that's a little suboptimal, um, getting the right advice to fix it uh, in a in a cost-effective manner uh, can end up um, producing some good benefits. Okay, so just to summarise, Mina, um, minimising tax is incredibly, incredibly important because it's often our largest lifetime expense. And business structures, as we've learned today, uh, have a big impact on that. That is our ability to actually minimise tax in, in obviously a, a legal and a correct way. Um, getting it right from the start uh, can help you avoid costly mistakes along the way. That is paying too much tax or not being able to reinvest your profits in a tax-effective and safe manner or having money trapped inside an entity and you're not able to invest it in a way or repay your home loan or, or, or do those sorts of things. We know that a holistic accountant's job is to really help you understand the tax parameters, um, help you develop a business plan that's going to be really tax effective, and then understand what your future goals look like from a business perspective and a personal perspective so that we can develop a business structure and a profit distribution strategy um, uh, to, to make sure you're able to achieve your lifestyle and financial goals. And if in doubt, get a second opinion. You know, having a poor structure and just and keep on going with it um, is, a, is, a, is a fool's errand, really. Okay, that's it for this episode. In the next episode, episode two, we're going to talk about how you can use your business to meet your lifestyle goals, which is um, partly the reason we get into business in the first place. So thanks very much for listening. This is the first episode in the first series. If you like the podcast, please leave a review or rating wherever you listen to it. Uh, and if you know any friends, family or colleagues that would enjoy listening to the podcast, please, please share it with them. Uh, if there's enough interest in this podcast, we will do a second season and share more information with you. Thanks a lot, Mina. Thanks, Stuart. Bye for now.